when Jesus was crucified and taken into heaven, he brought about the ministry of the New Testament church from heaven and all the doctrines of the New Testament church he gave to his ministers. And the New Testament Bible came as a result of those epistles written by men like Paul and Peter. All the doctrines of the New Testament church that we are to live by were given by Jesus to the church through men like Paul and Peter. So all of our doctrines today are in writing. The greatest problem is by tradition of men in the churches, the doctrines have been removed and replaced by Antichrist doctrines. Your salvation and judgment at the judgment seat of Christ depends upon your agreeing with the doctrines of Christ. You'll receive rewards for what you do on this earth based upon the Word of God. So you want to be very careful concerning your doctrines. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul tells us in the end times, perilous times will come. He tells us of problems in the churches where they change doctrine. He tells us that there will be some who will say Jesus is Lord, but they won't follow the word of God, the scriptures. And he tells us in verse 5, from such turn away. Turn away from those who are simply a show of Christianity, but won't follow the word of God. Jesus is the word. So if you turn from the word and go another way and set up another doctrine, you have cast aside Jesus himself. This is a very serious matter. So base your doctrine that you believe upon the word of the New Testament Bible and agree with the scriptures and do the scriptures. For that is what you'll be judged by at the end at the judgment seat of Christ. And then the Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, continue in the word of God, in the scriptures. For all scriptures are inspired by God and they're profitable for correction, for instruction in righteousness for you to set up your life by that the man of God will be truly furnished unto all good works. Start reading the New Testament Bible. Focus on the specific scriptures that the Holy Spirit brings to your attention and be sure you're doing 
those scriptures in your life. When the Holy Spirit makes the scripture stand out to you, that's a special message from God to you. Just know that. Now concerning teachers that are given to the church today. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8. After Jesus arose, he gave to the church some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those are the New Testament ministries given by Jesus to the church today. No, there's no such thing as Pope, Cardinals, Vicars, and all the other things they call themselves today. In the church today, as given by Jesus, we have five ministry offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8, and then verse 11 through about 12 or 13. It is very important that pastors and teachers set up the gathering of the church according to the Bible. And one of the primary things, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together as the church, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edify. It was not supposed to be a one-man show. The Holy Spirit was supposed to be free to speak as he willed. I have never seen that in the regular 11 o'clock service at church. But I have seen something similar to it in the Bible classes. We had a Bible teacher that always said, sometime during his lesson, he would always say, Now does anyone have a word from the Lord? He opened the door for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to come forth through whom God willed. And we were free to tell if we'd had a message from God or if we had a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. We were free to speak that word of knowledge and word of wisdom. It's not that way in the 11 o'clock service. The Holy Spirit is basically shut out. There is no invitation to share what God has given you. What they're supposed to do is 
open the door at the church gathering for God to speak through whom he wills. That is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, concerning the gathering of the church. There are many pastors and many teachers in today's churches who are not called by God. In a minute, I'll read some scripture to you from both 2 Peter chapter 2 and Jude, and both of them tell us that. The ones called by God often fail to turn to God for his instruction on what they are to do, and they copy each other. So you rarely see a meeting set up like 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, where God is free to speak through whom he wills in the congregation. Another thing a teacher or a pastor has to be careful about is to set up the Bible class for the purpose of edification, exhortation, and comfort. If anything else tries to come in, it must be eliminated. I attended one time, visited a little non-denominational church. Pastor was teaching the Sunday school class. All of a sudden, a woman began shouting, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, waving her hands. She jumped up out of her seat and ran around the room shouting, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Everybody but me was laughing because they thought the Holy Spirit had fallen on her. That is not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit. That woman should have been stopped. She was interrupting the flow of the Spirit of God because the pastor was teaching and she interrupted. It just stopped it. And even the pastor thought that was the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Now, things such as that should not be permitted in a church gathering. Another thing is women asking questions. I know that's one of the things they were doing when Paul said, let your women keep silence in the churches in 1 Corinthians 14. Because God told me, he said, look at what those women were doing. Paul said, if any of you will learn anything, let her ask her husband at home, for it's a shame for women to speak in the church. They were out of control. This thing was a shame that this woman did in this non-denominational church. That was not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is decent and in order and will not usurp the church service. It's all orderly when the Holy Spirit brings information. You can read 1 Corinthians 14 and you'll see that. 
Let all things be done decently and in order, says Paul. All things in the gathering of the church are given for edification of the body of Christ to build them in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of the scripture, for exhortation, which is advice and warning, and for comfort. The scriptures provide great comfort, real comfort, true comfort. You can put your arms around someone and hug that person, but nothing is like giving that person a scripture that you've heard from God. The hugging is a fleshly thing. The scripture is forever. Concerning his teaching and preaching, The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus and him crucified, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Some teachers and preachers speak by their own flesh, entertaining you, giving clever stories, making you laugh. Paul didn't do that. I used this scripture to curb myself. Another scripture God gave me was John chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus says, I can of mine own self do nothing. The Son of God is saying he can't do anything by himself, but as he hears from God, he judges. He speaks what he hears from God. I try to be very careful when I record or when I write that what I'm speaking is something that God has shown me so that your faith will be in God. The Apostle Paul went off for about three years separated to God. He didn't go to Bible college. He didn't go to a seminary and learn from men. He went off with God. When I was shown I was to be a minister, I just stayed home at my apartment and read the Bible, and God taught me as he wills. And I went through the entire Bible with God, leading me and guiding me and teaching me. And the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 
1, 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. We are given the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the teacher. We have ministers for the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, but you are also taught by the Spirit of God. John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. I have found that to be all things spiritually as well as secular. And Jesus says, He'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John sixteen thirteen. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, he searches the heart of God to know the will of God. He knows the will of God in the issues of this life for each one of us. And it's not the same path. Jesus is the same path to, uh, to live in the Word of God. But which part of the Word of God? That's where the Holy Spirit will guide us and make a scripture stand out to us. And you have need of one scripture and I have another one. So unless you turn to God and pray and ask God to teach you, you'll likely just end up being another fleshly copier of other human beings. Galatians 1, start at verse 11. Paul says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversion in time past, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But it, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathens, Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. But Paul went off by himself with God and received the teaching of God. Neither went I up to Jerusalem, says Paul, to them who were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years, 
I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But of the other apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which he once destroyed. And they glorified God in me. Paul followed the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And he wrote to the churches by the leading of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit brought the subject to Paul's mind, that is what he spoke. Therefore, the power of God was in Paul's teaching and writing. And this is what God taught me to do, the same thing. God taught me to just step out there on the stage, on the platform, and he would give me a scripture, and I was to speak that scripture. Or he would give me a story, a concept, and I was to speak that concept. Because I don't know what you need, and God does. The needs of the people will be met when the minister follows the Spirit of God. In the New Testament Bible, 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. They say Jesus is Lord, but they deny the scriptures by removing the scriptures from the church. Verse 2, Peter says, And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Verse 3, And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. Taking up money by their own flesh, figuring out how to get as much money as possible out of the congregation. And through covetousness shall they, with feigned words, make merchandise of you. Read all of Second Peter chapter 2, and you will see eye-opening things about ministers in churches. He says in verse 12, But these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, 
and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots are they and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceiving. It's like some kind of play acting up there in front of you. While they feast with you, spots are they and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings. I've seen it so many times. Having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart, they have exercised with covetous practices. Cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray. Forsaken specific scriptures and are teaching another doctrine. All of it's laid out here for us to see in Second Peter chapter 2. These are wells without water, says Peter. Clouds that are carried with a tempest. It's like a cloud that promises rain, but there's no rain in it. So many of them speak words which seem to be mighty and powerful, but you go away and you can't even remember them. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who lived in error. Before I was born again, I lived in Odessa, Texas, and I attended First Christian Church and a Sunday school class taught by my violin teacher. The primary talk at that class was football. What had happened the previous week in football? I had never seen a football game at that time. Much later, I got involved in it. But that was what their interest was. It should be edifying us in the way of God or warning us, that's exhortation, or comfort. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, says Peter. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning, says Peter. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, then after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them.
verse 22. But it is happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Second Peter chapter 2 about false teachers, preachers in the church. Jude also warned us of the same thing. Start at verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the coming salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Verse 4, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men. This is in the churches. Men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's verse 4 of the book of Jude. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. So work to keep your faith in God. These are spots at your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. No fear of God. No fear of the power of God. I've gone to preachers who have taught deliberate lies to their congregations, and I have said, where is that in the Bible that you taught last night? And I've had that preacher say to me, I can't remember where it is. And I said, well, it's very important to me to know, so would you please look it up and tell your secretary and have her call me and tell me where it is in the Bible? And I've had that preacher say to me, all right, it's not in the Bible. He made it up. But he taught it that night as if it was part of the scripture. I looked around the room, the congregation, that night I heard this. And I didn't see anybody reach for a Bible. They just smiled as he told this clever story. I didn't see anybody reach for a Bible to see if it was so. I had the same thing happen a second time. I was visiting a non-denominational church, and this was a, a preacher teaching about Sarah and Haggai. That's uh, Abraham's wife, Sarah. And he said they were half-sisters. I was so shocked. I'd never heard that. I'd never read that. I went home and read all those scriptures to see if that was true. Is Haggai, the handmaiden of Sarah, 
Her half-sister? I couldn't find it anywhere. She was a slave, a servant girl. So I called that preacher and I said, I just can't find that in the Bible. You taught yesterday that Sarah and Haggai are sisters, half-sisters. And I can't find that. Tell me, please, where is that in the Bible? And what he said was exactly the same thing that other preacher had said to me. I can't remember where it is in the Bible. And I said, well, it's, it's really very important to me, so please would you look it up and tell your secretary and let her call me and tell me where it is in the Bible. He got real silent, and then he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. He knew he was lying. He was lying to me when he said he forgot where it was in the Bible. He was also lying that it was in the Bible. He just made it up. One of those preachers who made up things and told lies to his congregation, one of the elders at that church had talked with me, and I told him it was just wasn't true. That wasn't in the Bible. That elder, I saw him later, and he said, I went to the preacher and asked him why he said that. He said, I don't know. It just kind of came upon me. Controlled by spirits of devils, Antichrist, opposite to Bible. In Acts 17, there is a scripture which says, the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians because they heard Paul speak and they searched the Bible daily to see if the things Paul was speaking were true. Therefore, many of them believed the Scripture. That's what we should do. It's not that I'm trying to prove that the pastor is wrong. It's that I hear what he says and I know the Bible and I have never seen it in the Bible. Well, I'm going to take that one on because we're supposed to. We're supposed to search the scriptures. We're building our salvation. For eternal life, our whole salvation is going to be built on what we do with scripture. At the judgment seat of Christ, each of us will be examined for what we've done on this earth, whether it be good or bad, and we will receive for that. And Paul says, knowing the terror of the Lord, I persuade men, and that's in Second Corinthians 5. I have found those preachers who add things to the Word of God, they don't fear God. They don't fear when they handle the Scriptures. I, I always have had a fear of the Scriptures that I want to handle the scriptures correctly. They don't. And what they showed me is they're not ashamed of what they've done. Well, that's exactly verse 12 of Jude. These are spots at your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds, they are without water. 
carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Do you know what Jesus said in Matthew 24? The disciples came to him and said, Tell us, what is the sign of the end of the world and the sign of your coming? Do you know what Jesus said to them? Let no man deceive you. Jesus says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. No, it's not wrong to see if the things are true that someone says when they are presenting to you a spiritual truth. It's not wrong to see if it matches the Bible. That's what we're supposed to do. Otherwise, they will deceive us to make merchandise out of us getting money. So, no, it's not wrong. You're not going to have a bad heart because you want to know if what's being preached is true. But what Jude says about them in verse 13, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now verse 17, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last days, in the last times. Mockers, they imitate other people. That's not how you become a minister. If you're called by God, God teaches you. If you put yourself in the ministry, you'll have to copy other people probably. I heard Kenneth Copeland say this at one of his meetings. He used to fly the plane for Kenneth Hagen, and then he got to watch in Hagen and he said, I can do that. I can preach that. So he shut himself up in his garage and memorized Kenneth Hagin's tapes. And that is what Jude is talking about. How that they told you, the apostles and prophets, that there should be mockers in the last days copying one another who should walk after their own ungodly lust. Verse 19, These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit of God. I have really seen so many preachers that really didn't have the Spirit of God. They just made up clever stories and entertained the people, or the entertainer with music. The ad agency for Jimmy Swaggart told him, if you want to have more people at your meetings, cut out some of the preaching and play more music. And his numbers changed dramatically from about 500 to 2,000 per meeting. 
that his ad agency told me. I used to grieve terribly over the churches. But one thing helped me when God showed me before the second coming of Jesus, the apostasy had to come into the churches. Before the second coming, it's ordained. Well, knowing that helped me. I don't like seeing it. I don't like seeing corruption in the ministry and wrong teaching. I don't like it. But I know it has to come before the second coming of Jesus because that's what Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. So it helps me to know it was ordained to happen. And let's go back and look at verse 4 of Jude. For there are certain men crept in unawares into the churches who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to sit in their church services when I see them. I'm not. I've left many church services because of the error being taught by the preacher and teachers. So I just leave. Paul says, from such turn away. That's in Second. Timothy chapter 3 verse 5. That's what I do. And it's just going to happen because it was ordained of old. It was ordained to happen. But you can't put your head in the sand. Jesus said, let no man deceive you. And he said, they'll come in my name and they will come saying Jesus is Lord. And because they say that, they'll deceive many. Matthew 24. So you have to awaken and recognize what's going on and really depart from the evil when you see it in the churches. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14, Paul says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, See, you must be born again, and many of these preachers and teachers are not even born again. They don't have the Spirit of God. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today. And let me recommend that you read the writing that's attached to this podcast. Look at the scriptures. Thank you.